Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Balanced Life with Kaylee. Thank you for tuning in to another episode, and I really appreciate it because I know it's been a minute, but I wanted to take time for myself, just on a personal level, but also to pursue other creative and artistic things that I have going on at the moment. So I just want to touch base really quick. So this episode is supposed to be a crossover with another podcast that's rooted in anxiety and mental health, specifically from the male perspective, but unfortunately things didn't quite work out. So I'm going to answer the questions that that podcast created later on in, in the episode. And I just want to be clear. These are questions that he asked and wanted me to give my perspective on. I did not create these questions. But I have no doubt every other episode with the interviews that I've done or answering questions, they've been things that I've created. But I just want to point out that this is his vision that I will be articulating or putting forth later in the show. And, you know, just got to have that artistic and creative integrity. So there's that. So I want to get that out of the way. But before I jump into that, like I said, it will be later in the show because I want to focus on joy. I want to focus on life. I want to focus on lessons learned. I want to have a lighthearted, positive moment because I feel like times right now especially are so heavy. And I also want to have that reminder that blackness is not a monolith. I want to have that reminder that blackness is not solely rooted in trauma so to speak. And I feel like that's a huge topic of discussion. And it has to be because we are in the middle of a movement. We are in the middle of fighting for equality and equity that we should have been granted long ago. And by the way, there is a difference between equality and equity. Google it if you need to, but we're fighting for both, specifically equity in my opinion. But we'll get to that another day. But again, I don't want to just root in our trauma. I mean, yes, we're in a very important moment. Like, we're fighting, like, again, I said, for police brutality, which I really feel is important to know. It's not just the shooting and the killing of unarmed, you know, individuals in the black community and other communities of color. It also extends to sexual assault and rape because police officers do do that. That is a form of brutality, and that is committed against, you know, marginalized individuals specifically of color and you know of course it mostly happens to women but also happens to men too and I want to point that out there so that extends in many rooms and then when we talk about systemic racism that's just not police brutality it extends in so many different factors of our lives between the educational field from medicine I mean between black maternal health rates being so abysmal I believe black women are what three times more likely to die during childbirth you know the the children themselves you know their rates of mortality are less for those of, you know, our white peers or things of that nature. And then you also want to speak to how, you know, children and women and men, they aren't given the same care that others are given. And that also contributes, of course, to black maternal health rates. But also in terms of care, they're not given, for example, the same pain medication because of these outdated, archaic, racist notions that black people can handle pain or they don't feel pain or they don't feel pain as intensely as our white peers may. So there's so many different levels of the ways that racism impacts our lives. And I just want to have a quick aside. I think that's another reason that women, black women specifically, are rejecting that strong black woman narrative. Yes, we are strong, but that does not mean that we are not vulnerable, that we cannot be weak, that we still don't deserve tenderness and softness and care. And, you know, I just think about that in relation to um, systemic racism in the medical field, about pain and different things like that, all the experimentation, gynecological history, things of that nature against black women and pain and the strongness. So that trope, you know, in addition to our treatment, even by our black male peers, is another reason that's being rejected. But anyways, back on topic. Like I said, I don't want this episode to be solely rooted in trauma and struggle. 
Because again, that's not the soulness, that's not the richness of our identity, our experience, our livelihood, our day to day. We have black joy. We have black creativity. We have so much. We have black knowledge. We have so much. So I want to start the show before actually before I start in, I want to mention mask real quick because I feel like I need to do it as my duty. I have a platform. So I need to tell y'all to please wear your mask. I am so grateful to the companies that are making that a requirement. And I've been ha- I've been happy to see people being turned away for not wearing a mask. And I'm also happy that because, you know, there is always that issue of access that they are handing people masks to put on. But I'm glad that they're taking that on us and that it shouldn't be on them. But I'm glad, you know, they're taking that responsibility and they're stepping up and requiring that people wear masks for safety during this time. Because unfortunately, you can't count on every piece, every person in the government to do so. But I'm just really glad about that. And I just want to say, please wear a mask, y'all. It's just a simple piece of cloth. It's not that big a deal. I mean, unless you got the fancy stuff, then it might not be a simple thin piece of cloth like most people are using. But, you know, whatever, you know, you get what I'm saying. It's just something super simple, y'all. That's it. And it's it can really make the difference between life or death. And it's not that huge of an inconvenience, you know, to people who are just going crazy. Like, I've seen articles about McDonald's workers being assaulted over mass restrictions and things of that nature. And it's driving me crazy. And I think, in a way, you know, it can also speak to entitlement and privilege that this, this, just wearing a piece of cloth across your face can be seen as an intrusion and infringement on your freedom and your rights and your liberty. And I'm like, oh, Really? This is such a great intrusion. Oh, wow. Well, let let so many other people in this nation and across the world tell you it's a real intrusion. But this is actually across the board. I mean, you might see like certain groups more, you know, in the news or town hall meetings for it. But it's across the board. I've seen both black and white people and other people of color not wearing masks at equal rates, honestly. And again, y'all, safe and sorry, the old adage, just stick to it. Wear a mask, be safe, think of yourself, and also think of others besides yourself, you know. And then, you know, there was this whole notion that if you're young, like, you'll be okay. There are 20-something-year-olds who've had to get a double lung transplant that have no underlying conditions. This, you know, while, of course, like, you know, if you have an underlying condition and things of that nature, it may make you more likely in your age group or things of that nature, but it Besides that, it really has no pickiness. It is not choosing, you know. It can harm anyone. And there's so many things we do not know in relation to the long-term effects of this. So just be safe and sorry, y'all. Please. And don't let it hit home or hit close to you before you act right, you know. So I'm going to step off my soapbox real quick. But I believe in using my platform for good, so I have to advocate for the usage of masks. And treat people well. Treat people kind. We are still, again, in the midst of coronavirus. It's still very much so real. So, again, I want to remind you to be kind to others. You know, think about the rough time they may be having and extend grace like you want a grace extended to you. Okay. Again, I'm really off my soapbox this time, y'all. But, yeah. So, now just jumping into the main part of the first part of the show, rather. I want to talk about me, that moment with Kay, just chatting with y'all, checking in, and just telling you things I learned where I'm at in life because I feel like it helps, you know, connect, and it helps people feel less alone, and it can also be, like, maybe I'll share some gems or some tips or advice that people can implement in their lives 
to help them in some way. So just jumping in lately, and I think it's kind of known, I've been pulling back from the world. I've been pulling back from social media. Y'all, like, the world is crazy. There's just so much going on. It's so much sadness, so much that's disheartening, that's frustrating, that can cause you to be angry and full of rage, and those are not healthy things. On our Wellness is Wholeness episode, I had a therapist speak to y'all, and she mentioned your information diet. It is so important to make sure that you are consuming, you know, things that are healthy for you. She doesn't even watch the news because, like, one, her patients tell her, but also because it can be so negative sometimes. And while, yes, we want to be informed and everybody should be informed, just make sure that you're taking in more good than bad. You know, I think that's the most important thing. So, yeah, and I mean, social media, it can be so toxic. It has so many great things. Like, you find out things on there that you wouldn't learn any other way, you know. But also, just some of the discussions and some of the viewpoints expressed, it can just drive you bananas. So, I had to step back. So, I'm pulling back from the world. I'm pulling back from social media. And I think another important lesson in that is that the world, social media, all of that combined... They do not deserve every piece of your essence, every bit of your energy. And I think that's so important. We talk about it, and some people tweet it out, but it might be on some fake stuff. It's very important to remember to protect your energy, to protect your essence, to protect yourself. And not everybody is entitled to every piece of you. The world is not entitled to every piece of you. Share what you want. Like, I've been studying Beyonce. I've been studying Kerry Washington. Like, Kerry Washington has, like, two kids, maybe three. You don't even know what they look like. There might be one picture circulating. But she shares what she wants. Beyonce, she shares what she wants when she wants. Like, her little quick, like, one-minute video with, like, itty-bitty snapshots of the twins and stuff like that. Did you see at the end of the year? Yeah. So, I've been studying them. Keep your life private. Share stories that can help and uplift. Share your art. Protect yourself, protect your energy, protect your essence. And I'm just going to keep repeating it because it's just that important, you know. Never lose yourself in social media. Never lose yourself in this world. Control your narrative. Take control of your life. So I just want to shift. So just thinking, so to be honest with y'all, like over the last few years of my life, I've faced so many struggles. But for me, I'm putting it into my music. And it's so sad, but it's true. Pain makes the greatest art. And I've found art to be such a healing and rewarding process. And I mentioned on the last episode that I'm working on an EP, and that'll take you through a couple of years of my life at different stages of emotions and periods that I was feeling. And I don't want to get into that too much. That's something that's coming, like, months down the road. And I'll start them in future episodes. But I think a huge thing that I just want to say in regards to that is that, yeah, like, of course, I hope y'all love them. But above that, I would write number two. I would say I just hope that someone connects with it, not just love it and think it's a bop or, like, they like. I just want them to, like, actually connect. I want them to feel those lyrics. I want them to make someone feel seen, someone feel heard and validated, you know. I just want to connect. But above all of that, like I said, I would put it number one. I'm doing this for me. You know, and I think that's an important life lesson to share is that it is so important to live your life for you. Do not live your life for others or working under the thumb, the thumb of what you think, you know, someone in your family might want you to be or whoever somebody like somebody important to you might want you to be or what you think you should be because what society says or what have you just live your life 
for you. Create. All my creators out there, create for you. Like, yes, you want the applause. Like, yeah, it's, I mean, we say that you shouldn't seek, seek validation, but we all do. Of course, we all want the numbers. We all want the likes and the shares and the views. But I think it's so important to never lose sight of the intrinsic value of your work. Never lose sight of your why. Never lose sight of why you're doing this, how this was born, why you went that route. Never lose sight of that. Never lose sight of your purpose. Something else I would share, just kind of related on that. So over the last few months, I've turned inward. And I feel like I was left no choice really but to turn inward. And what I mean by that is to focus, and I mean really focus on myself. And by focusing on myself, I mean working on myself and putting myself first. And like I said, I feel like I had no choice, but at the same time, I feel like it was such a great gift. I've learned to redefine my worth, and I think that's important because I think we all think we know what worth means and value means in terms of ourselves, but do we really, though? I feel like a lot of times we ascribe worth to things that can end up being toxic or that can end up leaving us burned out or anxiety-ridden or overworked and depressed or whatever it may be. It can just lead to so many negative emotions. And just relating and thinking on that, I just want to say that worth is not wrapped up in productivity. It's not, y'all. It's like, I'm going to be honest, it's contrary to what some, you know, may want you to believe, what systems in this world may want you to believe. It's also not wrapped up in achievements. It's not wrapped up in being 40 under 40 or your college's 30 under 30 list. Don't get me wrong. Hear me when I say be productive, achieve all of that. Because, of course, like, I have 50, 11 goals. I have things. I want to be on lists. I want, you know, recognition for certain things. I have so many creative projects that I'm working on and aside from my work pursuits and things of that nature. So, yes, be productive. Achieve all of that. But just make sure that you realize that life is so much more. Your worth, how do you define that? Your worth is defined by your character. How do you treat others? How, and I think it's perhaps most important, how do you treat yourself? That defines your worth. Do you honor yourself? Do you heal yourself? Do you work on yourself? Do you reflect and correct yourself? Because that's a, that's a huge thing. You have to correct yourself. That's how you grow and you elevate and you get better. Worth is intrinsic. It's internal. It's you. It is you that makes you worthy. You determine your worth. Nothing external. And I think that's one of the biggest lessons that I've learned and that I've had to work to apply. So like I said, I've been turning, you know, inward. So I've been dedicating my time to meditation, to Buddhism, chanting, and yoga. And my life has changed immensely. And I've dedicated time also in relation to those powerful reflections, taking myself apart. And when I say taking myself apart, I mean repairing those, those pieces of me that were broken or shattered or chipped. And then the ones that weren't, I upgraded those parts. So I'm putting myself back together now. But I'm putting myself back together in a way that is whole healed and better and that shift in my mentality my energy how I move through life and how I feel it's it's been amazing it's been amazing I think it's something that I needed years ago it's helped me beyond the means previously extended to me it was it's been so much more helpful this new mind frame and mentality and love yourself first another huge lesson key to life you know if you want to play DJ Khaled and the keys this is a key a major key like love yourself first and that's something that's been tatted on my arm for the last six years. But I feel like now is the first time that I'm actually truly living it. But don't get me wrong. Like, 
life is not over here sunshine and rainbows and everything's perfect and it's fairy tale. No, it's not. I mean, there's still things I'm doing. Like, I'm still working on accepting, like, okay, I'm just having a bad day versus I have a bad life. And I think that's a, a huge thing. And sometimes you just get wrapped up. So you can't let one thing snowball into more. Like, letting one thing that bummed you out today make me start thinking about everything else in the world that has gone wrong. Because, of course, like, that's going to lead you to be, like, let's hopeful and that's going to wear your spirit. But it's a challenge, though. It is a challenge. And it's one, like I said, that I still work on and that I'm sure others do, too. And I want to say it's always okay to feel. But the key, again, the major key, don't let yourself stew in that darkness. You stay in that darkness too long, and it will consume you, and it will become you. Just remember that it is a moment. It is a wave. And, you know, waves do, they die down eventually. Even tsunamis, they come, and they power, and they tower over you, and they consume so much. But eventually, they simmer back down, and there's calmness again. So just remember that. I also want to say... Don't deny yourself happiness. Don't deny yourself joy. Don't deny yourself pleasure. Don't deny yourself heaven. And you may be doing that without even knowing it, you know? Alright, so I want to say real quick, follow my podcast page on Instagram. The at is Balanced Life with Kaylee. Hopefully you know how to spell it by now. It's in the show's title. So yeah, just... Search out on Instagram and you'll find me. I'll be going live on there and posting more videos. And I think you will find them helpful in some way. Whether on a personal level, a spiritual level, what have you. Alright, so we are going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. I'm going to hit you with some music by an artist. And then we're going to hit a little entertainment news. And then we're going to tackle those hard questions that I mentioned earlier. Alright. It's out of our control. It's not like he wants to kill. He just doesn't want to die. You know what I'm saying? It's that, it's that situation when you got, we, we are living in a war zone. I feel like I could represent my generation so much because I honestly did not care whether I lived or died. But now, I cannot die. I can't leave until it's straight. You know, I'm not suicidal. I'm not, I can't go until y'all really know what time it is. And then after that, boom, it's all over. And we can see, you know, how it fall. But that's how it is. And the reason being is because if I can't live free, if I can't live with the same respect as the next man, I don't want to be here. Because God has cursed me to see what life should be like. Sometimes the curse that we live in really a blessing. Corona came and slowed us down. Life was full of distractions. Now the whole world is on their knees With tears in their eyes yelling out, oh Lord please Hands to the sky, so many deaths, our hearts grieve Denominations don't matter, we just trying to breathe Please forgive us for our sins and let your Holy Spirit cover us All our family and friends, we all in this together Maybe we the plague, maybe God trying to fix us before the end in the days Give him worship, give him praise We don't chase everything else full speed From the cradle to the grave in the pursuit of getting paid But it don't matter what you made, it only matters if you save Cause you can't buy your health Really, y'all, that matters, you can keep your wealth. Alright, y'all, so now we're back. So, I want to talk a little bit about entertainment news. So, the main thing that I want to tackle first is Sierra. So, Sierra and Russell Wilson welcomed their son in this world. His name is Wynn Harrison Wilson, if you didn't know. 
and I am so happy. And again, like I want to show again the bountifulness of the black experience. And again, that's joy. That's bringing life into this world. That's celebrating black love. I love Sierra and Russell Wilson. Of course, you don't know what's really going on behind the scenes in celebrity relationships or any relationship, rather. And that, yeah, you shouldn't be hashtagging everybody's relationship goals. But from what I see, from what they allow us in to see, it seems really healthy. It seems mature. It seems loving. And it also seems fun. So I'm really happy for them. I'm happy for the new bundle of joy. You know, I'm still going to call him Baby Future. He's, he's happy. Little Sienna, she seems happy. So just well wishes and the best for that family. I love it. We love to see it. I love to see a happy, safe mommy and a happy, safe baby. Moving on to more celebrity news. So Megan Thee Stallion, we all know that she was shot. Apparently she was shot in both feet. And according to TMZ and other news sources, alleged suspect is Tory Lanez. I'm not going to get into my opinions on him in that situation. I'm not going to speak on that too much. But I, what I will say is that Megan has all of my support as a victim of violence. You know, as a potential victim of a domestic situation of, you know, being victim from your own community. And I mean by the alleged perpetrator and even more so the community at large on social media. All the jokes that we're seeing being made and I mean I'm not just talking about like I mean I'm talking about yeah between the everyday person but 50 cent who's always clowning people and I think we need to I think we need to like stop supporting him and I think that should have been going on long ago but I just have to say that because it's just the way he tears people down it's it's not healthy it's not positive that's not what you need in life there's fun trolling and then there's just being a nasty spirit we don't support nasty spirits but anyways so from him and then even Chrissy Teigen, she didn't make jokes about Megan Thee Stallion per se in relation to the shooting, but she's making jokes right now at a time where Megan has expressed that she doesn't want jokes being made about her, that she's going through a traumatic and rough time that's leaving her hurt and traumatized. So the fact that she's even brought up right now, knowing everything in a joking form is not cool. And then Chrissy wanted to do like a little tweet after that saying, but you know, I love her. So if you love her and you know what she's going through support her and don't bring her any kind of joking form just be there and express love and I think that's what Megan and Sonya needs and I'm just so sad to see that she's not getting the love and support that she needs but I'm here and I'm sad that I see some other black women aren't with her but there are black women who are with her and I think that's you know important I think one thing and I'm not going to do it on this episode here but we really need to tackle the dynamics between black men and black women it's just really unhealthy and it's really sad and we just need to bring this community together. Black women are always out here, you know, caping and, and fighting on the front lines, quite literally, to be continuously disrespected in, in so many different ways and so many different forms. I mean, just from the jokes and a situation that could have ended her life in a situation where, you know, twerking is part of Megan's brand and, you know, that comes in the feet and the ankles. And that can that can mess with her bag, the situation. I mean, or between, like, you know, Kanye's tweets. And I'm not going to speak on him. Y'all know how I feel about him. And, yes, I recognize that he might have a mental illness, but that does not excuse everything and accountability and things of that nature from him disrespecting Harriet Tubman and Isaiah Washington co-signing that. I mean, you know, black women, as Malcolm X would say, are the most disrespected people in America, the most neglected people in America. And I absolutely believe that's true. And I mean, if you even break it down even more to, if you want to go to the black women, I mean, black, you know, LGBTQ women, they're also neglected and unprotected. And, 
they and then if you want to go even further if you have someone that's at the intersection of you know being a black woman a member of the lgbtq community and disabled super unprotected super neglected and untalked about you know but yes so we're going to go ahead and drift now into the questions that the fuller podcaster wanted me to answer and i'll be happy to send this over to you if you hear the episode and you want to go ahead and use it in your show so the first question that was asked to me what are my thoughts on the murders of Ramon Arbery and George Floyd? How did I feel when I heard them? And I feel like I've spoken before on that on a previous episode, but the way I felt, I felt sad. And when I say I felt sad, I felt sad, of course, because of the situation, but also because of the fact that it's not shocking. That in and of itself is sad and disheartening that these stories happen so often. You know, I mean, in all of this, I mean, it's back to back. And I, and Breonna Taylor, I hate that she's left out of this question. And that's something that I wanted to pose to the podcaster. Why is she left out of this? Why are black women often left out of the discussion when we face police brutality, you know, at disproportionate rates as well? And some studies will say that perhaps even at higher rates. And, you know, again, we also have to encounter, like, the sexual assault into the police brutality that we also face. So I hate that she's being left out of this question, out of the discussion, period, that people aren't finding it's hard for her and that she's not getting her justice, that, you know, Ahmad is, you know, potentially getting, that George Floyd is potentially getting, and I say with both of them that I hope they get. But going back to the question, how do I feel? I feel sad. I feel disheartened. It breaks me to think that lives can just be taken so quickly for no reason so unnecessarily and that it can just be rooted in how much melanin my skin decides to have or one skin decides to have rather you know and it it makes me sad because it's also something I never thought that I would see like I've said before I was kind of shielded from racial issues but Trayvon Martin really just established things for me and just brought that out that I had to see I was no longer blind to the ways of the world but I think it's sad that we're having such a movement right now that reminds me of the civil rights movement of the 50s and 60s and that we're having it right now that's the same issues right now that John Lewis died recently and rest in peace to him and thank you for your work and that he's still seeing that people still need to make good trouble that his vision that Dr. King's vision that it still hasn't come true and while we've made strides, we've still got so much more to go. And that even in the strides we have made, there's things that are in place that work against those. And that's how I feel about it. I feel sad. I feel disheartened. I feel angry. I feel hurt <laughs> that people can just feel away about another group for no reason. It's It's painful. The next question, because I don't want to harp on these things so long. Again, I don't want to harp on our trauma and hardship. I want most of the show to be taken up in the good part of the episode. What are my thoughts in terms of peaceful protesting or tearing the place down protesting? My thoughts and why. Now, I'm going to give a little tip here. This is going to be a tip. Pro tip, major key. If things aren't in your lane, if they're not in your real house, if you have not studied, if you have not been on the front lines, if it's not in your lane, don't dip in that lane. What I would say to this question, and that that statement is also going to come to another question later. It's going to be part of my response. But what I say to this, I am for equity. I am for justice. I am for that. That is what I am for. 
I will say that what we have seen is that both can work. What we have seen, I mean, you know, the sit-in with John Lewis, we've seen peaceful can work, but we've also seen that the riots and the protesting around the country, which a lot of it was peaceful too, but all that, I mean, we've seen that it did get the attention. You now have companies saying Black Lives Matter. You have you have the world's attention now. I'm for getting attention in a positive way that makes an impact. I'm for justice. I'm for equity. I'm for achieving those things. Why? Because we deserve it. We've been deserved it. And I'm for that for, of course, my black community, but I'm also for that for any marginalized group. Everybody in this world deserves to eat. Everybody in this world deserves to breathe. And everyone in this world deserves to live. They ask the next question, what are my thoughts on generational trauma, post-traumatic slave syndrome, and the effects it has on our mental health and well-being? I mean, when you think about other mental health issues from bipolar disorder, for instance, that can be passed down. It can be a hereditary nature. And, you know, so many things are evolutionary. So many things are ingrained. I read an article that said, like, women, our bodies, like, you know, our bodies, we sink to other women, but also, like, our eggs, they choose specific sperm. That can explain why one person might not get pregnant with their, like, husband of 10 years, and then they get divorced and get a boyfriend, and they're pregnant in two months, even though they were actively trying with their husband. It's the egg that chooses. Our bodies are so amazing, um, just capable of so much that we don't even understand. And, like, again, like, we can sink the people just next to us. So I absolutely believe that the, the hardships that cause emotional trauma and stress, I absolutely believe that that can be passed down generationally. I believe that can be encoded in DNA, and I believe that's work to support it. But just from my perspective, I absolutely believe that that can happen. I mean, it's just, you know, just like stress can bring on certain diseases and illnesses, the stress and the depression and the anxiety surrounding systemic racism, that can cause illness. And, and, you know, again, illnesses that are born, they can be passed down, whether physical or mental. So, yes, I absolutely believe that generational trauma, specifically slave trauma or, you know, Jim Crow trauma or just systemic racism trauma in general, marginalized trauma, I absolutely believe that it's real. I absolutely believe that it can be passed down. And I absolutely believe that all this has an impact on our mental health and well-being. How could it not? I mean, it quite literally does because race can determine whether or not, you know, how you're treated when you're in therapy, when you want to talk about mental health. Or again, like I mentioned earlier, from the medical field in terms of, you know, how you're treated by your doctors. If you're treated well, if you're treated at all, if they dismiss your symptoms, because that happens a lot too when you're not even treated at all. Yes, it absolutely can affect your well-being, your mental health. I've been treated in a discriminatory fashion in the health field, and that's actually something I'm going to get into later with another question. But yeah, so the answer to that question, yes. Those are my thoughts. <laughs> yes, I believe it affects us. Boom, bam, done. The next question. He asked why I believe that police should be defunded, and it's, I believe that law enforcement budgets should be cut. Like I said, this is not my lane, like I was saying earlier. And you see certain celebrities there are speaking out and making these statements that are uneducated, that are not well thought out, that there's no real basis to them. This is not my lane. I've studied, I have a political science degree. I've studied, I have a sociology degree. I'm well-versed. I'm also well-versed in life. But I know that this is not a lane. This is not something that I can wholly speak on. In my episode, June 10, 2020, I had a organizer speak and answer this question a little bit. But what I will say to answer this question as best as I can, that's within my lane and within my knowledge and my, my background, I will say that for me, I am for 
allocating funds in useful ways. I'm for investing more in education. I'm for investing more in the communities and social areas and social spaces in ways that can help you know, people economically, that can help people with their knowledge, that can help people with their mental health. Because you don't have many, you know, and that's the thing about racism is access to services. We need to make sure that people, that funds are allocated in a way that they can have access to resources. Like in Athens, there was a, it shut down, but there was Good Samaritan. It was a therapy center for free counseling for many people who met like a certain qualification in terms of income, and it closed down. And that was a major loss. And you need those centers in the communities, and you need those funding so they can pull good people at those com- those centers, you know, to work there. So I'm for allocating more money to those measures, and I'm I'm for cutting, I'm for telling people to stop cutting those budgets, to stop cutting the educational budget and slimming it. That's what I'm for. Um, I'm for demilitarization. I can tell you that. I'm definitely for that in terms of, you know, the police force. They don't need all these military-grade weapons. Um, That's what I would say. Um, Again, like, this isn't my lane, and I'm not one who's going to speak out of turn or not speak with something valuable to say. You know, I'm not just going to talk to hear myself talk or talk for approval or talk to please someone or get some kind of spotlight on me. That's not my wave. That's not my lane. So that's my response to that. I want us to care more about people and allocate funds in ways that help people. And the last question was, have I ever experienced any form of racism or police harassment? I have experienced medical racism. I would say gynecological-wise, I was not taken seriously. My concerns were not taken seriously. Um, In another experience with a doctor, my health concerns were not taken seriously. And I absolutely 100% can say that there was a racial bias at play with that unfortunately but in terms of other forms um specifically in terms of police no i'm thankful that i have not been and i pray that i and my family continue not to be and i pray that this gets you know that accountability and justice happens that we can reduce this phenomenon so that it's not really a question anymore or that it's not something that's a possibility for anyone in this world anymore All right, so that wraps up another episode of The Balanced Life with Kaylee. I want to thank you for tuning in. I want to encourage you again to follow on social media. I will encourage you to send a link to your friends, share with your friends, all of that. Thank you so much, and I'll be back soon. Love y'all, and as you already know, grow, glow, know. Bye.